Hello everyone and welcome to Minute 56 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob and once again we're on location this week. Uh, this time I'm, I'm, I'm going to be spending all week in Baltimore, you know, and uh, my host and who is my guest is uh, Nick Rehack, formerly of uh, the French Toast Sunday and he's got his own podcast, which he'll, he'll tell everyone about about music. Yeah, you know, not movies, but mu- music is still good. Yeah, some good. some so, music that might be featured in movies. That's right. So <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show, and thank you for for hosting me this week. Thank you for having me this week. It's a little bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right, great. So minute fifty six begins with James finishing his report and ends with Marco uh, starting to to shoot on the sides of the conference table. So yeah, I mean this is this is another great minute in this movie. You, yeah, you know there's just tons of them. You know, actually, I'm, I'm trying to think of a minute that's not good in this in this movie that doesn't have anything going on. So we have James, who's you know standing on the top of the tower. He sees John starting to uh, smash the window with with the uh, with the chair, mm-hmm. and what he does is he finishes giving his report. We don't we don't hear exactly what he says or who no. he says it. You know, he's saying it in German. Or whatever it is, and then right away we get it, cu- it cuts to a shot of Heinrich, who's on a headset, and he's receiving instructions. You know, he's he's motioning that he's receiving all the, the instructions, and what he then says is Marco er ist am thirty four, geschnell thirty four. So you know, for, forgive 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 me once again for my lack of uh, German pronunciation, but what that <laughs> translates as Marco, he's on thirty four. Go fast to thirty-four. So Marco is then able to. He jumps down, grabs his, ju- his gun as he's jumping down, and I mean, there, there's like really strange graffiti on the wall. Yeah. Did, did you notice that? It says "Merry Christmas." Like C H, oh. it almost finishes "Merry Christmas." You know what? I didn't even think of that. I saw yeah. the R R Y C H R. You're right. I, I didn't even think to. Okay. I was trying to figure out what that could be. Yeah, that is "Merry Christmas." No question about that. And it even makes you wonder who is up there to spray paint that, and why is it up there? Yeah, and it's a new building. Yeah, you know, they're in the middle of construction. So who's gonna spray paint uh, "Merry Christmas" on on the wall there? Wow. Okay, that's a great catch. Yeah. Again, I got the letters, but you you were able to put it together, <laughs> so that 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 works really well, you know. And then uh, Marco takes off in a sprint, and and then we get we get a shot of of um, of Heinrich, mm-hmm. who is like a little frustrated, and he he looks like someone who just doesn't want to trust the person that he's with, you know, because like he's looking at himself, he's like, okay, can Marco take care of this on his own? Or do I need to go do something? And then you see that he jumps down and starts to descend also. So obviously, you know, he he doesn't trust Marco no. for whatever reason it is. And then the shot switches back to Al and Eddie back uh, in the lobby. Mm-hmm. You know, and Al then says to Eddie, you don't mind if I take a look around, do you? And Eddie, without even looking back, just motions with his arm and says, no, help yourself. Real nonchalant for talking to a cop. Yeah. Just like, ah, okay, go ahead, fine. Like, yeah. Now, what time do you think this is? Uh, what time or what town? What time? Time? Know, time town, it's L.A. It's, uh, <laughs> time, I would have to say it's around like 8, 9 o'clock. They say it's a party. Holiday parties wouldn't start until about 6, maybe even 7 if we're in the building. But there's no way it's, it can't be, it can't be that late. Right, it okay. can't be so late. All right, it, it, I'm I'm even willing to posit that it's even earlier than what you're saying because 
if you think about it, uh, Sunset was at 450. Mm. Okay, which means that John showed up at around a quarter to five, and the party was already going on at a quarter to five. Okay. Okay, so I, it's hard to believe that it's been four hours since the party that started true. and everything yeah. like that. My assumption is it's right now around six thirty, seven o'clock, something like that. I would, yeah, I'll buy that. I'll absolutely. That's buy what I think. But the way that Eddie is acting and the way that 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 Powell is acting, it's it's as if it's the middle of the night. Yeah, especially when you know a couple scenes earlier he's at the convenience store, right? And it doesn't feel like a kind of late afternoon evening. It feels a lot like you said, like middle of the night, like he's yeah. just stocking up on some snacks. Yeah, well, looking for his wife. Well, he says they're for his wife. <laughs> yeah. But. Could be a red hair. She's pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then we, we get to hear a little bit of of the of of the game that uh, that Eddie is, is watching, mm-hmm. and we hear them say, uh, you know, seven to nothing, Notre Dame, the Irish driving seventy four yards in eight plays. And I mean, we, we discussed this a little bit last week, but it's really funny that this is Christmas Eve. There yeah. is no college football game. That plays on Christmas Eve. No, at again, let's let's say that it's eight o'clock. Even okay, it doesn't matter what time it is. But let's say it's eight o'clock in LA. Mm-hmm. That means it's much later on the East Coast. Yeah, you know, Notre Dame is playing. Let's say it's either Eastern time or Central time. So let's say it's either three hours ahead or four hours ahead. But you know that, that we're talking midnight. Yeah, <laughs> and if you look at the and, footage and on the screen, and he's talking as if he's watching. A game live. He's yeah. not watching something that he recorded earlier. Right, or, right. You know, a thing on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you look at the footage, I mean, it looks like a, a game during daytime. Yeah. The way the sun is setting and the way the light's headed. If, if, if it was so lit up, the lighting and the guys would be four-way split. It wouldn't just be off to the one side like they are. Right. Shadow-wise. Yeah, I mean, something something's really fishy here. It's just, mm. They 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 didn't do their due diligence. They with messed this up one. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there, there's just no way of believing that 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 this is that this game is really going on mm. at this time, you know. But whatever. I guess that's either either neither here nor there. Yeah. You know, and then uh, one of the things of uh, that I love is the way that Eddie is just he's pretty much ignoring Al. Mm-hmm. You know, like he just he motions to him with his arm. Yeah, yeah go ahead, no problem. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Do whatever you want. You know, very nonchalant the the way that he does it. You know, even even if he might need to act or something like that. You know, he doesn't have a, a gun next to him or no. anything like that. And you know, I'm assuming he has a gun. He's got to have it somewhere tucked away. So Eddie, like, very nonchalantly, you know, uh, deals with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's got a gun on the side or anything like that. You know, but you know what? What? And then they they, they give some. I mean the the info that they give on the the game is also really weird. Mm-hmm. You know this is football, so you know they should say like what quarter it is because yeah. they start off by saying twenty seven twenty seven seconds left to the first period. Yeah, that don't make any sense. That at doesn't all. make any sense with football. No, I mean it should be you know to the court you know the, for the quarter, not the not the period. So I don't really know. We get a shot of uh, John. He's back upstairs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he he's pretty annoyed. And he goes, "This," f-. and then he hears something and quickly turns around and and, and you know aims his gun right at uh, Marco, who who has just run into the room. Yeah, and he goes, "Freeze, motherfucker! Drop it!" And Marco puts up his arm and says, "Don't, don't." Really selling it too. Yeah, seriously. Really like, no man, I'm not gonna do anything. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's put the f- 
down. Put the gun down. Okay, don't shoot. Drop the gun. You know, and, and like, I, 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 do you think he's doing it to stall? He has, I think he's doing it. He doesn't, because he doesn't, he shouldn't know that Heinrich is coming also. Right. I don't think he knows, but I think he's doing it to find like a good vantage point of like, okay, what can I do? Where can I go to position myself for a kill shot or to stop him in some way? But then I think he hears the footsteps and the scream and he knows like, all right, as soon as I drop, he's going to, he's going to fire. So then he drops. Right. And you know, because no, because at this point Heinrich yells at him and says, Marco duck. That too. (laughs) Yeah. And you know that that uh, I, I guess from that perspective, uh, Heinrich is happy that he actually uh, mm-hmm. you know went to go check on uh, Marco because you can't really trust Marco unless uh, he's flying out the window, you know. But it's it's done really well. Yeah, you know. The, and so John then opens fire and and immediately takes out Heinrich because Marco has ducked. <laughs> <laughs> so so Heinrich sort of saved his life. Yeah, absolutely. and then we get a shot of Al again, and Al is just walking around. Looking back up, looking around, and and I like the shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jan de Bont does an amazing job with a lot of the shots here, but this is just an amazing shot because we see that there's someone standing on the side with a gun. If if Al gets too far, gets too close, you know, there's someone prepared to get rid of him. We we don't know who that is. Mm-mm. You know, it could be any of the, uh, I guess, ten terrorists or yeah. eleven terrorists that are still alive. Well, actually, it's not. It's not Eddie. So there's there's a number. It could be ten different people because Tony's dead mm-hmm. and Heinrich is now dead. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no one else who's dead. Uh, we know it's not Hans. So it could be any of them. Maybe later on when we get to the script, it'll it'll tell us who it's supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know. And and this happens a lot in the film where people are seconds away from death and they don't realize it. Yes. It's if I took three more steps, I'm done. If I wait two more seconds, I'm done. There's so much tension that builds and builds and builds. And at some points it lets you go for just like a slight bit of comedy, but even the comedy, there's still tension and it's still like right. life life is on the line. Yeah. Completely. And I mean they they do it so well because because we know, we see what's what's happening. Mm-hmm. We see that 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 Al is literally seconds away from being killed, you know, and then he just like goes, ah, oh, the hell with this, mm-hmm. and decides to, you know, that, that that he's had enough of it and just just you know turns around. I, I I wonder what makes him, you know, realize that he should really, you know, get out of there. He it, he it, he just he realizes it's just the, nothing's going on. Yeah. It's a wild goose chase, and that's it. And I think because you know. The other guy's playing so nonchalant. He's playing so laissez-faire and like, I don't care. Like, almost like you're wasting my time kind of thing to where he's like, I guess nothing is going on because he doesn't sense, you know, there's no weird feeling. You know, sometimes for that scene, the guy's going to be like shaking a little bit or sweating and they'll focus into like a part of the body, like an eye that's twitching or sweat that's dropping and the guy gets suspicious. Right. But we don't see that. He's just like, yeah, I don't care. Go. Right. So. And, and I love how like Marco does does a flip. He like jumps to the side, flips. And then works as, then like jumps onto the table. Yeah, you know, like it's. It, I think it's a, a bit. It's an extra bit of acrobatics. That's it's really not extra. needed. <laughs> it's really not needed. No, no, no. But at it, all. but it looks cool. You know, if you, if you didn't watch it, you know, like he 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 ducks after after Heinrich, and then like he 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 does does a flip onto the table. Mm-hmm. All he had to do was just step onto a chair, and then the table, and then he's there. That's right. That's right. Maybe he was trying to keep low. Maybe because he doesn't know who's up. Could against. be. Could be. You know. And and at this point, Marco is is on top of the table, and John is uh, somehow crawling under the table, mm-hmm. which does not look comfortable at all to be doing the way that he's doing it. 
And Marco then shoots on both sides of the table, which again, it, uh, it's not really to get John. I think it's to keep John under the table. Yeah. You know, you don't know where it's going to come from. It can come from any of the the shots, uh, come any of the sides. doesn't really make a difference. You know, and then, uh, you know, Marco then looks back and starts screaming uh, in German. It, it's hard to, to really understand what it is he's saying. The, mm-hmm. the subtitles don't say what he's saying. So it just, it just is shouting in German. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's also there's also you know a, a lot of statements about this movie that, that like most that. of the German is not right. You know, it's it's incorrect German. More like gibberish German. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't know German, so I wouldn't be able to tell you if it is gibberish German or not. But gibberish German sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that, that that sounds interesting. So is there, and that's how the 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 minute ends. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? I uh, I do like, and we can touch on it more in the next episode. I like the design of the table and how it zigzags. I feel like we don't see that a lot in film. Even now, it's just usually a straight line table. I don't even think we've ever seen it at like a circular table. Right. It's always just been a straight line, but to see that kind of zigzag, yeah. But well, I'm trying to think of the, the how it's not practical. It's not practical. It's not, not practical at all. You're, you're having a meeting, <laughs> and and you know the the idea of, of having a meeting is that people can see each other. Yeah. So that's why you either use a round table or a square table or whatever. But to use a zigzag table, you know, you can see the person across from you, and that's it. Yeah, it doesn't. You can't see anyone else. So it maybe it's maybe it's some uh, feng shui uh, Japanese type of uh, idea. Of how to do something like this. I, I don't know. Could be. Absolutely no clue. <laughs> but it, it just looks fun. You know, the way that they do it. But uh, who knows? <laughs> All right. So the, the script has uh, a few minor discrepancies, as with most of the, the movie. All right. So one of the things that they have is a, a great description of, of Eddie when, uh, when he's walking with Powell uh, through the lobby. It says... Eddie watches confidently as Powell moves through the lobby, looking for signs of trouble. You know, and, and Eddie does do that. He's he's pretty confident in everything that's going on here because, as you said, he's he's very uh, laissez-faire, mm-hmm. you know, nonchalant about everything, you know. About the, and then they tell us that that around the corner from where Powell is moving, so Uli is standing there with the gun. Okay, so they tell us who who it is that's uh, you know that's holding the gun, Uli. If uh, if if you need a reminder, Uli he, with the newsy. <laughs> that's right, Uli with the with the newsy. Do 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 you remember which uh, actor plays him? Not offhand. Al no. Long. Okay. Who uh, you know is is known for being a henchman in in a lot of uh, Joel Silver movies. <laughs> so, um, so he he's definitely great here and. Basically, the okay. So that's one of the changes. Another one is is that uh, instead of McLean screaming out, uh, you know this this f- and you know getting upset that nothing's going on, mm-hmm. so he basically says, "Oh man, please no." <laughs> you know, I, I think Bruce Willis delivers it better in the movie. It makes you wonder why that. Well, I guess it's more at this point he's just feeling stressed. And the anger's kind of subsiding, and it's more like a survival. And he's like, oh, "No, I really need this to happen." You know, yeah. Almost like he's pleading with someone or something, right? And then instead of screaming at uh, Marco to put the <laughs> gun down, he says, "Drop it, or you're a rug stain." <laughs> Which there's no rugs. 
I, I think maybe that floor is carpeted, but I don't see rugs. I, there's already window stains, that's for sure. Yeah. And that scene always catches me off guard. I always forget. Well, when they shoot him or when we walk through it last week where we walk through it and we see all the blood and guts on the... That. Okay. That. And then it just stays. But you, I, you think I know why it's there? It's to let us know that he's back in the same place that he was before. Okay. It's it's just, it's a reference. I a mean, continuity you and I, thing. You and I were talking before, you know, in in the green room. About you know about how this movie has lots of references mm-hmm. that, that appear later on. Yeah, but this is a this is a good one that works backwards. It's yeah. telling us okay. okay, we're in the same place mm-hmm. where Takagi got shot. You know, we saw last week the blood stain on the carpet mm-hmm. in that room. Okay, so again, it's telling us uh, it's helping us understand where John is at all points. You know, it's like the whole f- point where they showed us the you know the pinups. It's the same thing. There, right, There right. really is no use for the pinups except for to let us know that John is back in the same place that he was before. Mm, okay. You know, in this whole maze and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Now, one of the things that they they talk about in the script also is, is they say that, that, that Holly and everyone else, they can hear the gunshots that are happening above, which, again, isn't needed. You know, they are like, uh, let's say, well, if he's on 34, they're four floors down. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they could really hear it. It'd be muffled, or it would sound like maybe a chair moving or something, like, just kind of softly yeah. tapping. I mean, they, they, they say in the script that they faintly hear it, but the fact that they can mm. hear it... So I'm glad that they, they cut that part out where yeah. we don't get to see it. And then it, it talks about that uh, when Al is walking through the lobby, it says, All Powell can hear is, let it snow, let it snow. <laughs> he stops just a yard from seeing the armed terrorist and turns back. And then instead of him saying... Uh, oh, the hell with this. He says, screw this. That's the difference. But I, I like his delivery in the movie yeah. also. I think it works much better. Absolutely. And then in the boardroom, it says, Marco springs on top of the huge table. McLean rolls on his back so he can cover either angle. But it is clear that Marco is in the more uh, enviable position. Yeah. He, then, he springs all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's pretty much uh, how how the, the script ends this minute also. Yeah. So every Monday we have a segment called uh, Die Hard on a Monday, <laughs> where my guests will give their top five uh, Die Hard doppelganger type movies, you know, movies that, that you know, one man against uh, many or whatever it is. So what, what have you got for us, Nick? Well, I got to start with kind of a simple one and one that's probably been said time five, and again. Uh, number five would have to be Dark Siege. Uh, not Dark Siege, goodness, Under Siege. Under Siege, the uh, first one or the, the one? The first one. Okay, the second one is Dark Territory. That's right, one. That's I, ju- I jumped the gun <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Uh, with that one, my grandmother introduced me to action films at a young age, believe it or not. Uh, Steven Seagal films, the James Bond films, Lethal Weapon, and next to the Rodgers and Hammerstein box was the Die Hard 1 and 2 DVD box set. Hey, so, rightfully so. Yeah. And uh, her being a big Steven Seagal fan, uh, seeing Under Siege, uh, especially on the ship and everything, I just thought it was a really cool place to have you know everything like that happening. So that's always yeah. always stuck out to me. And I was younger, and the lady popping out of the birthday cake, kind of a positive for uh, young Nick here, yeah, finding out who he is in middle school. I, I understand that. I understand <laughs> that. But I mean, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of Steven Seagal, but mm-hmm. I love Under Siege. Yeah, it's fun. I think I, the second one isn't as good, but you know. The first one is just done really well. Yeah. And they finally got him to cut off that stupid, uh, you know, ponytail. Yeah. And which is, it's stupid nice. Stupid, greasy ponytail that it, he has. It is, right? It's got yeah. a weird shine to it that yeah. I'm uh, personally not a fan of. Yeah. Me neither. 
my fourth would have to be Con Air. Um, uh, Jay's going to be upset. Jay marketing me upset that it's so low. Yeah, they they will. <laughs> well, the problem is uh, they asked me to be on their podcast about it, and I hadn't seen the film beforehand. So this is my okay. first time seeing it. I don't have as deep a relationship with it. Um, I enjoyed it. I think it's neat that the whole thing's on a plane, and it plays a little bit differently than like Air Force One or something like that, which takes me to number three, and that's Air Force One. Um, I enjoy Harrison Ford, don't get me wrong, but Gary Oldman is where it's at. If Gary yeah. Oldman is in something, I'm going to see it. Like, There's no questions about it. The professional, yeah, it's weird looking back at that movie now, especially with the director and you know whatever he's got going on, but Gary Oldman just nails it. Yeah. Like, in anything, he absolutely nails it. Yeah. Uh, and also the very young Natalie Portman, you know, all that Yeah, stuff that gets going a little... On. I mean, she, she gives a great performance yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still kind of weird. Yeah, there, there's, some, there's some weird things about that movie. <laughs> uh, it would definitely not be made today. No. Oh, no. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but I'm glad it was made in 95. <laughs> yeah, because now it's like, so got, we got right it. under the, that cusp. Yeah, there's certain scenes that are just like... You know the the whole scene where they're dressing up and you know as different actors yeah. and stuff like that. Which I, I, I get. I fast forward through. I get it, but I fast forward through because it's just too. It's f- creepy. It's too creepy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, my number two would be Under Siege Two. Uh, I have a oh, softer I place. Thing. I didn't like. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, fine. Oh well. There's just something about it. I I can't explain it, but I found because myself. Because of Eric Bogosian? Maybe I think I like the villain there a little bit more than I did. In the first one, and I don't know, there's just, there's something about it. I have this weird thing where I always prefer the sequel, or I more prefer the sequel to the first one. Obviously, Godfather 2 to the Godfather. I'm a big... Do you like Die Hard 2 more than Die Hard? No. Surprisingly. Okay. Uh, But, like, I like Lost World Jurassic Park more than I do the first Jurassic Park. You're really pissing Jay off today. I know. He he and I have had that conversation many, many times, and he doesn't like it whatsoever. Um, But my number one would have to be The Raid. Okay, so that makes sense. The raid starts out where it's a group of guys, but they slowly get you know tossed out, and there's one guy left, and he's just rocking through the whole rest of this building, similar to like Judge Dredd almost. Yes, yeah. I find those two movies so similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about diehard doppelgangers, but those two are definitely doppelgangers yeah. of one another. Be a uh, fantastic double feature to see. Yeah. So that would actually, be I don't a, know if it would be a fantastic double feature because it's pretty much the same movie twice. It'd be, it'd be like watching the same thing twice. It'd be fun, though, to look for parallels and, you know, that kind of thing. Why one film takes, maybe in this direction, why is one more gun-heavy than action-heavy, so on and so forth. Right, okay, all right, I, I, yeah. I can do Or for a comparison in, in science. <laughs> oh, for, uh, you want to do it from a, from a research perspective. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at it in scientific, yeah. you know. How can you scientifically look at these movies and say, <laughs> all right, so, you know, is it better that it's, you know, the from, where was it, Singapore? Where is it from? Mm, Thailand. Thailand? Thailand. Okay. Or, or is it better having, you know, uh, and obviously we're not talking about the Stallone Judge Dredd, you know, that, that was uh, Carl horrendous. Urban. We're talking about the Carl Urban one, yeah. which... Uh, A lot which, more fun. Much more fun. Mm-hmm. Much more fun. Mm-hmm. And, but again, uh, w- well, which one came out first between Judge Dredd and... Uh, and the raid. The I, raid like, I think I think they both came around out, like almost the same same time. I want to say you're right. Let's look the raid. I mean, I think the I think one of them was maybe 2011. The other one was 2012. The raid is 2011, and dread was 2012. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm close. So within a couple months of each other. Yeah, and I doubt that they copied it. No, you I don't know. think you could. Yeah, but I mean, dread was also built up as as a franchise. Yeah, which but it I'm, didn't do well. I wonder if it didn't do well because of the raid, because it was so similar to the raid. 
Maybe, but I feel like The Raid was much more of a... Because The Raid got a franchise. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Which I love. Uh, but I feel like with something like that, uh, it was it just wasn't as... The Raid definitely doesn't have that grab that Dread does. And, and it's not like The Raid was released nationwide and in theaters and was built up. It was one of those things you kind of just found you know, right. on Netflix or somewhere, and you were like, oh, okay, and then you got into but it. But that's also because of the fact that it's a foreign film. You know, that's true. Uh, it's it's not a foreign, foreign film where you really need to understand what's being said. Right. That's, <laughs> But I think people didn't know that at the beginning. No. They kind of see foreign film, and they take a step back. And then at the time, Gareth Edwards, nobody really knew who he was. He hadn't done Godzilla yet. Right. So, which is a very different film than what the raid is. Yes. <laughs> Just a little bit. They're slightly different. <laughs> slightly different. Uh, you know, one... One's a, a monster movie. Oh, actually, they're both part of franchises. That's true. You know, you can you can uh, look at it from that perspective. And Gareth Edwards also, you know, did a, something in Star Wars. So you know, that's also he, true. He, yeah, he's a franchise guy. He, he's a big <laughs> fan. Uh, I misspoke earlier. It's Indonesia is where the raid is from, not Thailand. Oh, okay. So all right, Indonesia, Thailand. We're, they're very you know, close. So it's, they're, they're very close. They're just like a couple thousand miles away from each other, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of water between the two. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> very good. All right, Nick, so you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at TheRehack, T-H-E-R-E-H-A-K. And that's really it. I don't, I don't do a whole lot of social media outside of Twitter. Uh, you can find my show. It's called Rehack Radio. Uh, it's just me hanging out, playing some songs that I like, even some songs that I don't like, just to talk about them and the stories behind them. You can find that on MixCloud.com. And again, that's Rehack Radio. All right, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on my website, which is MovieRobMinute.com, or you can find me on Twitter or on Facebook. So, uh, Nick, you're going to let me stay here another day at least? I absolutely will. All right, so we'll, so until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay.